church family and welcome to the message uh, for this Sunday's online service. I just wanted to take a moment um, before we dive into the passage in 1 John, just to prepare ourselves. There's a lot that happens in an online service, uh, bits and pieces, and I uh, wanted to take a moment to prepare ourselves. So practically, you're going to need a Bible. Um, this will help you follow along uh, with what I'm preaching and speaking about. And then uh, steal your hearts right now before the Lord. Just take a moment. I'll uh, do it as well. But still your heart before the Lord and focus on Him and what He is wanting to speak through this time. Let's do that together now. All right. If you have your Bibles, uh, open up to 1 John chapter 3 and I'll read from verse 11 through to verse 18. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You see, at the opening of this section, John um, starts by writing that we've had this message from the beginning, and this is it, that we should love one another. And you think about it, we've had that message from the, be from the beginning as well, that we should love one another. We learnt it from Sunday school, um, from the earliest days of faith, we know that message that we are to love one another. You can even ask some of the children here in church, if you don't have a child, or you can ask your own child, but ask them, you know, should we love, you know, one another? I'm sure you're going to get an answer back. Absolutely we should. We've had this message from the beginning that we should love one another. But then what John goes on to do is he unpacks it. And you see as he unpacks this, there's this two sort of lives that start to emerge or two sorts of ways of living. And one is characterized by things that John describes as hate, death, evil deeds, uh, the evil one. Um, an example he uses is Cain here. And on the other side, you have love, eternal life, righteous deeds. You have Christ here and um, similar things. A laying down of life as well is on this side. And there's this contrast between these two lives. And you might think naturally, oh, yes, I'm the, the loving, the, the Christ, the, the laying down life. I'm not the murdering, hating, you know, unrighteous person like Cain was with Satan on that side. You might absolutely not think that. But let's have a closer look at John's words here and heed his warning. Going now to verse 12, he writes this. We should not be like Cain, who is of the evil one. I just want to stop right there, mid-verse. We should not be like Cain, who is of the evil one. Let me take out a small part. We should not be of the evil one. We should not be like Cain, who is of the evil one but we should not be like the evil one full stop. Did you realize that or ever consider that? 
that as a believer, you can live a life that is of the evil one. John here, he's writing to believers. In fact, just a bit earlier at the start of chapter 3, he said, we should be called children of God, and so we are. And then a few verses later, he's saying to those same children of God, you should not be of the evil one. That seems very conflicting and contrasting, but we'll unpack how that can work. So it's important for us to slow down and heed the warnings that John is giving us here. He goes on and explains uh, more about Cain. And he says, you know what? He had these unrighteous deeds. And his brother had these righteous deeds. He was doing evil things. His brother was doing good things. And because of that, he murdered his brother Abel. These unrighteous deeds contrasted against these righteous deeds led to murder and to hate. You might think, man, I'm no murderer. But again, let's hold our lives up against the scripture. Verse 15, John writes this, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Have you ever hated a brother or sister in the Lord? Someone who you've walked through the door of a church with, or they might be in another church. They could even be on the other side of the world. But in your heart, have you ever harbored hate towards someone? You wanted them to know how badly you were hurt or how, how you felt, or you wanted to see them fail or go down. These are all the fruit of hate. And John simply says this, that anyone who is walking like this, anyone who has hate, they are a murderer. And he goes on even more specifically, and he says, no murderer, you know this, you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And again, he's drawing out that contrast. You see the murder and the hate dwells on this side and the eternal life is on this side. But the murderer is someone who abides in a place of death, is of the evil one. And you can do that simply by hating someone. Take some time, and you might not have the space or time to do this now. You might have to do this later today or after you hear this message, but take some time and seriously bring your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, is there any hate within me? Because that's an important thing for each of us to ask as believers, as John is drawing our attention to here. So contrast against this life of hate, evil and murder, which again, it is possible for a believer, for a child of God to walk like that. Contrasted and the antithesis of that life is this life of love, of righteous deeds, of eternal life, and it's found in Christ. And again, it's not so clear cut. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you're necessarily abiding or walking in that life. As a believer, you have the possibility to. And again, I'll unpack more of this shortly. But let's go now to verse 16. John writes this. By this, we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Just want to start just with looking at that first part of that verse. We know love, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Can you see that without Jesus laying down his life, we would never know this love. We would never know this eternal life. We would never know the righteous deeds that can be ours. Without him laying down his life. That's the way. That's the way that we are able to enter into this, into this life. You see, before Christ laid down his life, it was impossible to love 
I truly believe that. It was impossible to walk in righteous deeds. All we had was a life abiding in death, in hate, and in murder, ultimately. It was of the evil one. But Christ laid down his life that we would have the possibility to move through and to enter into that life. Without that, it's not possible. And you see how John describes it. He says, by this we know love. The knowing that it's not just a factual or intellectual, yes, I can look at the love here, I can look at the eternal life and I can know about it, I can know the information and that sort of, um, those aspects of it. He's not talking about knowing in that fashion. He's talking about knowing that it's more closer to having. It's something that is possession. By this we have love. We know this love, we have it, it is ours. We've taken it on as a part of our life. Because Jesus laid down his life. And so, when you think about this, when we abide in this kind of life, it makes sense then that John says in verse 13, don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. You see, the world is just going to respond exactly like Cain did. When it sees its unrighteous deeds and evil things and the murder that it's wanting to commit, contrasted against this laying down of life, this eternal life, this love, this righteous deeds. It wells up in hate and anger and murder. And that's why the world hates believers. And you can see this throughout history, even today. We can see this playing out. But before Christ came and laid down his life, we were stuck in this place. And so Christ has made a way for us to transition out of this place of death this place of murder, into a place of love and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Read in verse 14, John's simply giving testimony to this. He says, we know that we have passed out of death into life. Why? Because we love the brothers. He's seeing the fruit there, the fruit of the life, eternal life in Christ, expressed through love of of his brothers. And that's how he knows. And again, it's a knowing. He knows it because it's his his experience. But this is the question. How do you pass out of that death, that hate, that murder? Because even as believers, we have the possibility. When we believe, we have the possibility to walk in a life of love and righteous deeds. But not necessarily the reality if we do not pass through and enter into it. How do we pass through then? I'm going to show you some of the words of Christ that give us a great picture into how we pass through. This is from Mark chapter 9, sorry, chapter 8. And I'll read verse 34 and verse 35. The Lord says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You see that Christ is wanting people to come after him. But he says, the only way you can come after me and come to this place of eternal life, of abiding in love and righteous deeds, of laying down your own life, you've got to do that. You've got to lay down your life in order to do that. Just as I've laid down my life, you've got to lay down your own life. You've got to, um, how does he put it here? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. If you wanted to save your life, you're actually going to lose it here. But if you're prepared to lose your life, you're prepared to let go of it and release it out, you're actually going to save it. 
And in doing that, you will be able to give testimony like John and say, I know that I've passed out of death into life. Why? Because I can see the fruit of loving my brothers and sisters. Now, I want to draw out something out here which is important in this. Both of these two ways of living are founded. There's like a foundation that undergirds them. One is a love of self, and the other is a love of others. And you see love of self, it produces hate, murder. It is of the evil one. You might think, that sounds a bit harsh, but let me unpack it. When you love yourself and you have evil deeds, and you see someone who, have, who has righteous deeds, like Cain did, you're going you're gonna to hate that. You don't want to be around that. It's reminding you of the evil that you have. And rather than rejecting the evil and saying, actually, you know what, I need to change, you love yourself so much that you actually hate and therefore murder, commit murder against the other person. And that's exactly what happens here. It's a love of self. But you see, when we say, I don't want to love myself anymore, I'm going to deny that. I lay down my life, my love of self. I'm going to pass through into this place that I have in Christ Jesus, into a love of others. In that, we are able then to possess that life and to see the fruit of love come. And it's founded on that love of others. It's not on a love of self. Righteous deeds, love, eternal life, laying down your life, it comes from a love of others. You know, we could put it in this way. If we cannot lay down our lives, we cannot love our brothers and sisters. Have you ever considered that? Without laying down your life, you are unable to love your brothers and sisters. And you might think, whoa, 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 wait a second. I can actually love people very well, thank you very much, and love myself at the same time. Well, let's take that and test that, as John often does. He likes to test the claims of people. There's something I want to draw your attention to here in verse 17 and 18. He says this, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You can see here John's pointing to a counterfeit love, a love that's not true. There's a need and someone says, you know what, I'm not going to, going to give, I'm not going to help and support that need. There's actually, there's talk, there's word, there's speaking. But he says, that's not a genuine love. A genuine love has action behind it and it's in truth. And there's a counterfeit love that is founded on this side of things. It's founded on a love of self. It's a love that says, you know what? I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you and look after you. But so that I can get something out of it for myself. It's motivated from that place. And so it's never actually fully from a love of others, but a love of others motivated, motivated from a love of self. It's like saying, I want to love you so that you think that I'm good, so that you care for me, so that you love me back, so that I get something in return. You see that it's twisted. It's a counterfeit love. And it comes from this life that abides in death, not a life that abides in eternal life in Christ Jesus. 
And John simply says this, whoever does not love in this genuine way, this is in verse 14, that person is abiding in death. And so there's a counterfeit love that we can have. I want you, brothers and sisters, to consider your life and think about these two ways that John is describing of living. And it might feel harsh to describe yourself, your life of the evil one, to be marked by hate and wicked deeds with a counterfeit love. But consider your life and test it. And if you find that, thank God that Christ has opened a way in Christ Jesus that you can walk out of that, that you can pass through and you can enter into eternal life. But you've got to lay down your life to do that. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to say, you know what, even though I really hated the way that person did that, and I really didn't like it, or I hated, hated them at that point because they really hurt me, I'm going to get over myself. I'm going to lay down myself. I'm going to deny what I want here. I'm going to walk in this way of eternal life and abide in Christ Jesus. And that's going to produce the fruit of love. And you'll be able to testify with John and say, you know what, I have passed out of this place of death into life because I have love for the brothers. Wouldn't you want to be someone like that? I'm sure you do. And it is possible for you. Let me close with these words from Deuteronomy. This is chapter 30. And uh, this is Moses um, speaking just at the end of his time before the Israelites go in to possess the promised land. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I read from verse 11 through to verse 20. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you are not here, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you were going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. It's not too hard for you, and it's not far away, distant in the heavens or in the other side of the earth. No, it's close to you, and you can do it. So choose life, lay down your own life, and follow Christ walking in eternal life 
and in righteous deeds, in love, in humility, and all that is good. Amen.